Montgomery County is proud to announce the launch of our new Ride On Trip Planner mobile app. The app allows you to easily plan your next trip, either via bus, rail, bike share, or scooter. You will also be able to tell how crowded a Ride On bus is before it arrives. It's simple to use. Once you download the app, just choose your current location and your destination. The app will allow you to pick the most desirable route that best fits you. Learn more at rideonbus.com slash tripplanner. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Stories from the Pack. We're back after an extended Easter break and joining me on today's episode, we have got Fancast, I was going to say Fancast producer, Fancast legend, Little Dan. Dan, how are you doing today, mate? Hello, Rich. Yeah, as my uh, Twitter bio says, Fancast utility man. Yeah, you just imagine that's a perfect way to a perfect way to describe you. You're almost the um the Dave Edwards of the fan cast in terms of that. Just can slot you in anywhere and do do yeah. do a job. <laughs> we had the original utility man, Neil Emblem on our uh, fan cast pre match the other week. That's uh, I'd prefer that over dangerous Dave. I don't think I've got any dangerous say, levels in me. I was gonna say I, I feel like I yeah, I've sort of I'm thirty seconds into recording, I've sort of already sort of uh, made a mistake there because Neil Lennon was much more of a utility man because he could play that spine perfectly um for me. But we might touch on the likes of Neil Emblem as we go through this. So for anyone who's not watched or listened to our stories from the pack before, um essentially the idea behind it is interviewing Wolves fans about their time supporting the club, whether um, passion has been sort of channeled over here, how things have changed for them as they've grown up and how um, essentially life might have impacted and how football might have impacted your life, really. So um, I, I guess to start with, we'll go right back to the beginning um, to when you first started supporting Wolves and I guess how it came about for you, Dan. So was it very much a family-driven uh, generational um, one for yourself? Yeah, to a to a degree, and I probably a lot of people say this, but it's pretty much all I've ever known. Being a Wolves fan, um, father was a Wolves fan, mother was a Wolves fan. My granddad was born in the south in Bedford, and he was a Chelsea fan. Mm. Um, so yeah, I've, from sort of birth, I, I was dressed in Wolves colours, um, knew Wolves chants before I knew. Um, Nursery rhymes, that sort of thing. I mean, you can see me there in age today. Um, seems a long time ago now, but good times. I was say so for, for yourself. When I, I guess not quite. When did you support support? But do you sort of remember your sort of first, not quite game, or if you remember your game, great. But sort of those first kind of early memories, because I know I started. I know I had a kit before I went to a game sort of thing. So uh, do you sort of have any sort of really early memories um, from sort of sporting the club? I mean, like, for, for years before I went to my first proper game, wearing like sort of the book to kit and stuff. I remember having that, um, that Mickey style goalie top with the, the three black, chevrons yeah. on sort of thing um i don't really remember my first match i've been i've been a season ticket holder at wolf since i was seven years old so this is what my okay. 27th year as a season ticket holder now at wolf so I've, I've seen some absolute tribe i've seen some great times recently one of my earliest memories so I'm, i've been obsessed with football since i was born videos i remember having the 92 93 goals 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 vhs and that used to get played at least twice a week. Um, and obviously in the early 90s, Man United were were just unreal in the Premier League. And I, I remember thinking that Peter Schmeichel was some sort of boss-level type goalkeeper. So one of my first memories of going down Molyneux was the pre-season friendly between Wolves and Man United in 93-94. And I just I remember this... Vivid leg, Steve Ball scoring against Peter Schmeichel and thinking, wow, absolutely unreal that Steve Ball has scored past Peter Schmeichel. We must be the best team in the land. <laughs> it's almost and, like 
with with Bully as well and Shemichael, early nineties. It is almost unstoppable force meets immovable objects, isn't it? And that that goal he scored in a friendly, it was classic Bully, would you say? As well, I mean. He just manhandled Bruce. It was it was similar to his goal for England against Scotland, yeah. where it sort of bounced off his back and somehow he's in on goal. He just puts it away, just effortlessly, doesn't he? That that was classic bully. His peak. It, I, I mean, Wolves fans wouldn't want to see it really, but in a parallel universe, I'd love to see what would have happened if Steve Ball would have left Wolves. Mm. How well it would have done in the Premier League, and what Sir Jack Howard would have done with that money. Yeah, I mean, it's fascinating that he had the, that opportunity to sort of push, progress forward and, and decide against it for, you know, better or worse reasons. But were you very much a bully kid when you were growing up? Were you, a, you know, we talk about shirts and, you know, were you someone who had players on the back of your shirt? I know just from knowing you, uh, you had other favourite players around that time. But were you a bully nine kid or... Were you going for a certain left winger? Yeah, I've I've always had I've never I've never had ball mm. on on any wall strip. It's usually been a w- winger or like Robbie Dennison or Mark Kennedy. <laughs> I, I played left wing for the school, so for whatever reason, I've always liked left wingers. Mm. Um, yeah, just I read a sort of a little snippet on Phil Foden the other day where his parents were talking about how he was literally obsessed with football from like an early age that he wasn't really interested in like computer games and stuff. It was all about football kits and a new football. And, and I was pretty much the, the same. I was massively um, into collecting kits from an early age. My, my parents and family used to get me wild kits just to get me off the back. Okay. I remember my auntie from down south got me like a loot in town, top the one one period in my life just because Luton got to like the semi-final of the FA Cup in the early 90s it's like Luton Town what a top to have <laughs> I was going to say you mentioned you mentioned tops and sort of oppositions ones and I don't think I've brought this up A doing stories from the pack or even on our group in general and I'm putting myself on a bit of a limb here did you still ever design football tops oh all the time oh, La- um, oh, that, Rich, that, in, in, the, in the last in the, in, in the lockdown last year <laughs> Um, oh, I can't remember what website it was. There was a website that would do in um, blank templates for you to print off and you could colour in your own kit as like a therapeutic way to get through lockdown. I did that for about a month in lockdown, just making my own kits just to pass a bit of time because the world was crap. Honestly, I, 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 you know, we'll, we'll drag it on back to yourself rather than sort of my, my, my nostalgia trip. But... Yeah, I, I came across an old holiday scrapbook and I did sort of on one page I had the front of a shirt and on the back it had I, I didn't I had like a best eleven and it was like I must have spent hours with like a fine tip, you know, beryl felt tip pen yeah. with all these different colours. It's like just absolutely obsessed, you know, burning DVD videos, you know, going through the tapes left, right, and centre. But Dragging it back to Wolves then, so you've been going since you were seven, I, I, and, and I say still going now, um, you know, well, when, when we could go to games. So do you remember sort of, not, not quite when you were seven, but how did that match day ritual change from your formative years going into that, you know, adolescence, teenagers, and well, essentially now adulthood? Is it kind of pretty much stayed the same since you've turned out what sort of changed for yourself over time and what sort of no, your perfect, what's my, also your perfect match day ritual my, my early match day like rituals rituals uh routine if you will yeah, routine we were very family orientated um my dad's bit my day my dad's 63 now 63 yeah 64 maybe so he's been going like his whole life um got married to my mom, they had me. Um and I think a way of them spending their weekends together was was going down the match together. My dad used to sit in the upper South Bank and then me and my mom got a, a season ticket in the row F in the South Bank. So I've sat in the South Bank since I've since I've since I've been going. I think the only ever the only ever game that I've not sat in the South Bank was when we played all the shot in the um in League One when when they only had the North Bank and Billy Wright open. 
Okay. So I've been going there. One of the early rituals was them going in the wheat sheaf and me having to wait outside while they got drunk. <laughs> that was a that was a vivid memory of my early years. Like we had a period where we went to Heroes, which was sort mm-hmm. of below Atlantis. Okay. I remember okay. it was a uh, bothering them for money to play Virtuous Striker in the arcade area there. I mean, I'm, pro- I'm probably going back now. I mean, um, so, so that, that well, is classic 90s Wolves stuff, that is. I, I might have got treated to a McDonald's if there was an offer on the bus tickets. Yeah, yeah. One of them. Um, and then in sort of recent years, it all depends on what sort of group of mates I'm drinking with. I, I could, be in, could be in the Clarendon one day, the Hogs another. Um, away days is always the train. Can't do coaches nowadays. I had a really, okay. really bad experience um, on the school trip to Cadbury's World where a lot of vomit day myself occurred on the way back. And I've never really enjoyed coaches since. Out of curiosity, considering where the school trip was, was that due to eating too much chocolate at Cadbury World or just from coach ride in general? No, it's, 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 it's or coach sickness. Okay. I, I, okay. I, I suffered bad in my early years of coach sickness. Even to the point where my parents decided a coach trip to Lorette de Mar holiday was the ideal way to get me used to coach sickness. It could have been. You never. I was going to say you never know, but they certainly do now. Um, I would say it's interesting because I've I've had a mix of coach and train, and there's something quite special about doing it via the train because you usually end up getting there a lot earlier. Yeah, and you're not necessarily quite at the ground and you get to like i know take in a lot more of the town that you're in and i think you know reflecting almost as a wall sound of what it'd be like from the other side you know wolverhampton's a one club town so on a match day it is solely focused on one thing and one thing only and that is the game that's going to be happening and you must feel it going through and i've gone through other towns and cities where you know, it's either very much not been like that or it very much has been like that. And I think it's always kind of cool to... And you also, you meet different people as well, whether you're going into a pub and you're speaking to people behind the bar or, you know, you pop into a, you know, into a local shop or whatever. And I think, you know, it's definitely a lot of fun doing a train uh, train away day. Yeah, I think I think just the atmosphere is just a lot better on, on the train. Uh, the... The coach trips, you know, some people are literally there with the families and they don't want Larry blokes singing yeah. Fuck the Albion and stuff like that in at 10 a.m. in the morning when they're off to Chessington World of Adventures for the, the weekend. It's But uh, on the coach, it's very, very family-orientated. I, I don't know whether they even do the movies on the on the coaches anymore. It used to be like Men in Black uh, and Space Jam and stuff like that when I went on the Wolves official travel club as a kid. But yeah. The um, 97, 98 when I'd been on the, the official travel club. I think, see, I went to Wembley for the semi final on official coach. Um, I don't think they played a movie, and they didn't even, and this upset me, play a season highlights from the year before because that was a classic uh, for me. It was like, yeah, you know, they'd always, you know, play, or not even from the year before, it would be like a really dour year. Like, I did one. I went on coach one year, I think we were in the Premier League under McCarthy, and I showed a Glenn Hoddle season. And, you know, we're like, is this the best we could do? Was is that on the a- way there or the way back? On the way back, if it was a night trip, I'd have said fair enough oh, to get no, people no, to go to sleep. Was, but- no, this this was on the way there. I remember, I remember it vividly being like, okay, great. And then it being... You know, an hour of your life you wouldn't get back. Whereas, you know, things things change. But, you know, you've been going for, what, games for, what, 27 years now. I mean, we're sort of blessed in a way that the last kind of four years, it has, I guess, sort of brought, you know, the, the most success in terms of, fate, you know, some notable moments for yourselves. But, you know, for yourself, past present who have been your favorite players to actually watch at wolves i know you've mentioned the likes of um the likes of dennison and kennedy um already uh, you know who are your standouts over time yeah th- those two are pretty much stand there i mean like, like i mentioned just with playing on the wing for the school and whatever then with the players are i really enjoyed 
Um, Simon Osborne, you know, I've got a really soft, I've got a strong <laughs> soft spot for um, Simon Osborne. I'll, I'll still happily debate that he's better than Ruben Nevers. If anyone wants to come and meet me for a drink anytime, I'll discuss that. I think Simon Osborne's got a better, a better free kick catalogue of goals than Ruben Nevers for Wolves. Um, just daft players. You know, we've all got cult heroes. I loved Havard Flo when he played for Wolves because he his, his birthday was the day before mine. Just daft little things like that. He'd, he'd come off the back of a World Cup and you think, wow, he's like he was the number nine after Bull, I think. And mm. and then you had like Robbie Keane and players like that. We've we've we've, we've had some good talents. I mean, we've seen some absolute tripe as well in the Wolves shirt from like uh, Darren Peacock and. Robert Nish drawing all these old school just utter crap but you gotta love everyone to a degree I mean everyone's got a story I think when it comes to Wolves and you know Darren Peacock and Nish Troy get put up via the fan cast a ungodly amount considering how little they played for Wolves and you think I was sort of looking back and think well do we remember them because those they're notable names and sort of stand out from when you're a lot younger and I do think like maybe the likes of Roderick Miranda yeah. whether he over time in like 10 years time will look back and go he played for like half a season for us and was awful like we but we forget don't we how crappy he was as a player um yeah. but there's been so many like little players who've because Wolves kind of have had so many sort of transitions over the last 20 years you know, players who like pops up in the Glen Hoddle era. When you know, when I was sort of a teenager watching Wolves, who I guess sort of sparked you know my real lifetime interest in it around that point. So like, asked me about Dennis Rosa, and there was a point I thought, oh, he was brilliant. And then I looked back and went, no, he bloody wasn't. Yeah, I think the these sort of exotic signings that came out of nowhere in an attacking centre midfield role they're, they're easy to like at times and then but you look at Dennis Rosser and I, I don't know I'm trying to think who else would like I mean like Samuel Jabber and all yeah. these like just odd old school names who probably only played about eight or nine games but because they were exotic signings at the time you think god they were good but in, in hindsight they were all pretty terrible weren't they yeah, I mean the fact that none of them really lasted more than a season, um, sort of sort of stands out for me. And I think, you know, I, I I don't think anyone would begrudge anyone having Robbie Dennison as their favourite, you know, one of their favourite Wolves players, or even the likes of Mark Kennedy. To be honest, I think you know they they all kind of stood the test of time as well for yourselves, alongside you know some of the fun names we've mentioned. Um, before we sort of do favourite game. Um, have you got a sort of favourite memory? So that could be included in a game. It could be an experience around the game. Um, do you have sort of any sort of real, a, a real sort of deep one for yourself? It's just singly down to one bridge because of just how many. Like what I said, there's, we've saw, I've had so many highs and lows supporting walls. One of my one of my first away games went to Port Vale away, mid nineties. Okay. Absolutely. Chucked it down a rain. We was on the side. There was no roof. I was only about eight or nine. Wolves hmm. won two nil, and I made my dad take me uh, to the toilet for both goals. Oh. So he was annoyed at me. But that's a memory that will always stick out to me. It's just yeah. daft little things like that. I remember like, us losing one nil in the ninetieth minute to Huddersfield. Just crap little away. Dad, like but you end up appreciating. Like, one of my favourites, obviously. obviously um, Going to like Braga with my mates because yeah. you go from like Port Vale and Huddersfield losing at like stadiums like that to go and see Wolves in Europe. It's it's massive, really. The beating Redden in the semi final of the playoffs, I think winning that game, we, we was never going to lose that final because we got past the semis. Yeah, one thousand um, percent. Did did you go to um, the one down in Redden out of curiosity for the Alex Ray? Um, no, that's or, I, I remember yeah. watching that game in. In the market tavern in Bilston with my family and a, and a few friends, and just when that goal went in, the whole pub was off the feet yeah. because we knew we'd made it. I, I, I remember. I mean, I I was what nine at the time, so obviously I, I, I well, I wasn't there because it was an awkward time as well for memory. 
because I'm sure it wasn't like on a Saturday. It was on no, like, midweek, wasn't it? It was midweek, but I, I'm sure it's like a weird kickoff time as well. Like it was like six o'clock or something. Yeah. But I remember, even I remember that point just being absolute jubilation. And honestly, like you say, don't get me wrong. Likes of Millennium go, going to Millennium, go you know doing some of the big ticket ones at Wolves. Yeah, but I think it's those ones which really stand out for you. And sometimes you say it's not even going to the game. He said yeah. the atmosphere in that square in Cardiff before the playoff final. Still picture that now, just being there with all my family. Family that didn't even really go to games very often. Everyone from Wolverhampton was in that that city square, whether they had a ticket that night. Wolverhampton must have been a ghost town that day. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've spoken doing this. You know, well, I think we're in episode eight of this series now, and I've spoken to people who went to Cardiff. Spoken to people. Who didn't go and just the people who didn't go uh, physically to Cardiff, it was just like the town was just fever pitch levels. Because if you weren't going, you were banded around that club, whatever. And, you know, you, everyone saw sort of scenes in the car park and, you know, basically the concourse of people basically going down the Stafford Road to cheer on the fans. Wasn't even cheering on the players because, oh, I, so I think it's. Just magical, to be honest. Um, for yourself, there's been loads of magical moments, which I mean, being on the pitch for the, the promotions and um, surviving relegation on the last day against Blackburn, that they all stand out really. But beating Man United in the FA Cup quarterfinal, I think that's a big one for a lot of our generation now. There's yeah. there's certain games within what we watched that I genuinely believe the football gods, you, they'll never not let you lose them sort of games because it's been built up so big. Yeah. I mean, the, the one with um, the Man United in the in the quarters, I, I, I did a podcast um, the other day, actually, and where I talked about it, it was sort of one of my favourite moments. I sort of said, I, I couldn't quite put my finger on why it was so special, but I said, it's because we deserve to beat them. And when Jota broke through on goal for that second and he scored, it wasn't like it was a smash and grab. We deserved to be up 2-0 in that game. And we knew that we'd be going to Wembley. And, you know, I know we got a consolation at the end, but that was just incredible. And you can't quite put your finger on it. And, I mean, look, FA Cups and Wolves, you know, in the last 25 years, haven't exactly had the greatest relationship. Because before that, you're looking at what that third round win over Newcastle when we beat them three two, or you're going up to the you know the Arsenal one, and you know I think cup games definitely can bring something special out if you get there and if you, do, yeah. if you get the big scalps. The but, FA Cup uh, is still special to certain people. Man United going to Brazil in the late nineties killed a lot of the the FA Cup yeah. shine. Obviously, there's no money in it now, so the big teams don't take it seriously like they used to. Um, I wish we could go. I think a lot of it's been more getting older, Rich. That's sort of the, sort of the, the naivety of the shines, just not as shiny yeah. as it was, you know what I mean? Nostalgia isn't what it used to be, is it, sometimes? But, um, yeah, I mean, fingers crossed we can have a couple more. But, I don't know, I think the fact that we're now a Premier League team, I think, takes a bit of a veneer off it because... You know, you, you, you expected to beat so many teams. And it, say, then it comes down for me, the experience of, you know, going to the away games and, you know, traipsing up and down the country and sort of hoping that we can squeak past the team. But, you know, f- fingers crossed next year we can have we can have a decent run anyway. Um, as I say, before we do the low points, um, I want to sort of do, you know, we've, we've done the best. I want to kind of do the interesting ones, the ones which kind of, I guess either a bit funny, a bit silly, or you know, ones that are just sort of a bit different um, for yourselves that are just like genuinely like just great moments that you know you almost got lost in it um, supporting Wolves. One funny story which my, my one group of mates never let me forget: we beat Nottingham Forest in the McCarthy promotion season away. Michael Cartley scored. Wolves mm. were pretty much already. I wouldn't say we, we were mathematically promoted at the time. We were going through and we weren't far off. And we were walking to the, the city ground and um, we were all singing, we are going up. Mm. And 
there was a group of Nottingham Forest lads, probably similar age. And um, he said, shut it, rat boy. <laughs> and obviously with my facial hair, my facial hair was even worse back then because I was still like sort of cat whiskers. You're growing it in. Yeah. I was growing it in. <laughs> so he says, shut it, rat boy. And my mates, in the, in the blink of an eye, went to him, yeah, but well, he's a premiership rat boy, AA. And um, they just didn't know what to do. It was one of the most, like, it was a surreal moment where people didn't know whether it was going to kick off or whether to laugh. And so, yeah, every now and again, my one mate, Mark, he'll, he'll say, how are you going, premiership rat boy? I was going to say, because it's such a backhanded compliment to you yeah. as well. <laughs> it works on so many levels. It just massively, like, diffuses the situation as well. Oh, bless. Just that one. And then if you remember when uh, Walter Zenger was in charge, we beat um, Birmingham City 3-1. And I know, I know a lot of my friends already know this, but there's, there's probably people around there who ain't seen this video. But they did the, uh, they used to do the fan cam, which I implore yeah. Wolves to bring back when we're back in the grounds because everyone loves that. Everyone loves to see themselves on, on, on the Wolves YouTube channel just looking silly in the crowd. But... Wolves went big. John Daddy Bodvarsson scores. And as you can see, I'm here. I'm loving life. I'm having a little dance in front of the stewards. I'm doing a little jig to the right of the stewards here. And I mean, you can't buy moments like that. You can't <laughs> buy it. And then you got Zenger on the pitch at full time, on his knees, giving it the uh, praise to the fans. You, I mean, just you can't buy moments like that. People who don't like football. I just don't, they haven't experienced emotions like that. No, I, I completely agree. And I think the, the Blues one's a great example, eh? Because it's Derby, it, it's a local rival, I won't say Derby game. Um, and I, I love that because I've seen the full clip of it. And, you know, for anyone watching this, you've seen sort of Dan's little jig. Um, but you also kind of, you gave it a big one on the other goals as well, but it's like you did three separate things with three different goals and nobody can tell me that that was a coordinated attempt for you when we scored that goal. Yeah. It was you just going absolutely wild. And it is, I'm, I'm sorry, I will post it on socials, the, the, the dance, because it will just give you an idea of just what it's like sometimes to be a fan and just, get lost in the moment that they didn't even like show the entire i would love to have that in that 90 minute clip because there's a, there's a woman in the clip she must be like late 50s i was hugging and lifting her her up and chucking her in the air at one point and i'm only like five foot three nine stone i'm lifting up a woman in the 50s it's just you don't see that in any other it's environment in no. life <laughs> no exactly and I say, but those are the things. It's just like uh, the Don, not Doncaster, the QPR game um, when we got promoted. Everyone was about to run on the pitch, and you could feel everyone about to do it. Um, a guy I knew, um, he sort of it was with with a mate, and he sort of said, "I'm going to run on the pitch." It's like, don't, because we're all going to be allowed on. It's going to be a rush. Just, 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 just wait. Anyway, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And he got to like eighty second, ninety second minute or whatever. He's going to do it, and like. I think it went out for a throwing away or free kicking. The ref blew his whistle, but it wasn't full time. And he tried to run down the stairs and just stacked it down the south oh, and just kept rolling. And then the full time whistle went and he sort of had to like barrel roll forward to miss out. And, you know, it's like, it, it's sometimes some completely stupid stuff that are, are, you know, I think that's what stays with you and what you can't hold yeah, on to. Yeah, often. Time, like, they've got no relevance. I remember when in the what's what division would it have been? Did Lee Griffiths play in the championship for us at all? I don't think he did. He might have made a substitute appearance or so off the top of my head, but I don't think he actually did, I, you know. I remember him scoring against Coventry and he, it was one all and a Wolves fan he ran on the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know the game. Wolves fan ran on the pitch and from one corner flag to the other because the Coventry fans was in the bottom tier of the Steve Bull was flicking the V's all the way from corner flag to corner flag while the stewards was chasing him. It's like, if I could, 
with my memory for something useful and remembering things like that, I'd, I'd be a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They say for something that they say happened nearly ten years ago had no consequence on on your whatever. They say I find it fascinating. So we've done the good, we've done the silly. Should we do the crap moments? So. Low, yeah. What are your low ones? I mean, obviously, we, we, we've had very notable ones. Like you can either pick a, a common one or go a bit abstract. Yeah, I'm gonna go. All, I'm gonna go soppy bollocks on this one. Um, not a lot of people know this, to be fair. Um, so as I mentioned, I've been going season ticket all since I was seven. Sat um, in row F with my mum. Hmm. The um, the season that Nuno took over in the May time she was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. Um, so naivety, my parents uh, tried to shield me from it, didn't really share it with me until it was late. I think her her last game that she went to at Molyneux was the Middlesbrough home game where we won 1-0. But first, she, yeah. yeah. So she left at half time because she was really poorly. Mm. Um, so pretty much, uh, so December time, we, we beat, we beat Sheffield Wednesday on the Friday night, Ruben Neves, that low drive. Yeah. So my mum passed away a couple of days before that game. Mm. Um, so I was really struggling. I really, really struggled at this time. Um, sorry, my dad. And um, I don't know where I don't know where I would have ended up really because my my drink went haywire around that yeah. time. I'm talking, you know me. I'm a big drinking there, Rich. <laughs> yeah, with my, with my spirits. Um, uh. but it was really bad at that time. Um, Bristol City, the the two one Ryan Bennett. Yeah, I was in my worst moment of my life at that point. Mm. Ryan Bennett scores that winner. I'm not celebrating. I'm I'm low. I'm talking low. I've mm. sent texts out to like close people. I'm low. I've got police in my living room. Um, Jeez. on the back of these texts, whilst this has just happened, where Ryan Bennett's just scored one of the most ecstatic moment goals in recent Wars history, and I've got police in my living room. I'm struggling. So, not, I said, not many people know that. The, the, so, the lowest point for me was the, uh, the high point of winning that season, but not having my mom there to celebrate yeah. it with every single like joyful moment, like getting promoted. I think the Birmingham City game where we we lifted, we win the yeah. league or lift the trophy. I think we, got, yeah, I think it was when we champions. I want, to, I can't, I can't quite remember, but yeah, I. It, it, I was going to say it's interesting sort of parallels with myself because I it's similar that my dad passed away the season we got promoted from League One and I was at yeah. university at the time and ironically you mentioned that Lee Griffiths game where he scored a penalty against Coventry and I was supposed to go to that game with him because it was I can't I won't bring up the exact date but it was just after my 21st birthday and he'd had to he'd, he'd been put into hospital with an infection. And he'd got tickets for us both to go. And he'd, it was always like one of those optimistic ones where you'll know as well as I do, where it's like, oh, I'll still be able to make it to the game. Don't worry. And it was like, we're in New Cross. And I'm like, like, you know, I'm always laughing and half crying about, you know, the, um, I say, you know, you're not going to. So I end up sort of not going, going to that game with him a sort of a little 21st birthday present. He passed away a couple of weeks later and, you know, I wasn't going to, I didn't have a season ticket that year, um, but he did. And I sort of went to a couple and I was, I, you know, I was, I was all right. I went with my, I was going with my best mate, Adam, because he had a ticket as well. And whenever I came back and he'd look after me or whatever. But then the season, ironically, that Middlesbrough game. No, it wasn't Middlesbrough. No, I'm getting, I'm getting the timeline. It was Norwich City. And Dave yeah. Edwards scored that head. Dave Edwards, uh, Roger Van Lepara assist. I went into that ground and I I had a panic attack. That's why I've gone to football games without him before. 
Yeah. I'd, I'd gone to games after he passed away before, but having my own season ticket without him, I I was an emotional, like, yeah. you know, just that moment. It's, hard, yeah. it, it's really hard. And um, I think it kind of just signifies that being a football fan and particularly the impact that Wolves has had on our lives, it's, it's underpinned by something bigger than just watching 22 blokes kick around football and how much it a, means for the relationship that you have with that person close to you going and the connections it has to the game itself. And, and you know, just to say all the stupid little things like, um, you know, going say to the games together, getting some food or, you know, I, I don't like to buy programs now because yeah. my dad always used to buy a program for us every week. And yeah. that just, it just doesn't feel right for me anymore. But, you know, it still makes me smile when I think of all the, you say, all those fantastic memories that we had, which we probably wouldn't have had through supporting Wolves or even supporting the same team. Yeah. Um, so I completely get that as a, as a low, as a low point. And, you know, the, 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 you know, the, the, the contrast in points to how the team we're doing and, you know, it's, Hey, look, fuck cancer. Um, you know, without kind of going into sort of too much, it's, you know, it's, you know, it, it can be exceptionally, uh, exceptionally rough a lot of the time. And, you know, especially say when you've forged those relationships over, over something like football, um, and you know, I, I'm, I'm going to sort of, sort of slowly drag it back to something more positive. Otherwise, I think then you're going to end up having a therapy session yeah. after this and getting a drink. Um, so, I guess that sort of catches us up to kind of now in terms of, I guess, how your experience of being a football fan has developed over time. Um, and I guess sort of around a similar point, sort of what we've just discussed, ironically, you joined the fancast. And I, I, as I mentioned to you beforehand, I, I, you know, we've done a sort of a, I think, stories from the pack with about half the guys now. Yeah. And it only occurred to me the other day that in the grand scheme of things, there's not a huge amount of, for, um, I guess, Wolves content creators. There's there's a wide variety and there's a decent amount, but, you know, there's, what, about 50 to 100 in total, I'd say, doing, you know, other great stuff, um, I'm going to name drop a couple just to be nice, but you know, the likes of um, uh, Wolf Whistle, Jason Guy, you've got um, uh, Wandering Wolf as well, uh, and sort of um, a lot about wolves, no, a whole lot of wolves over in America as well, which I think is great. But actually, we're, we're, we're a small number when you think of the amount of wolves fans. So, what made you want to come onto a fan cast in the first place? Probably vanity, Rich. I think. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. Ego plays a big part, doesn't it? <laughs> massively. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't, I don't think my opinion is any more valid than anyone else's. But at the time, I felt I wanted to get my opinion across. I, obviously, um, I wasn't really aware of the fan cast even existing. Um, our good friend Luke Thompson. We had discussions on on Twitter. I think we used to just have chats on Twitter about who was better on FIFA. And then I realised that Luke was on, on the fan cast, asked him how he was on there, why he was on there, with his opinion, which is usually terrible nowadays. Oh, yeah. It's, it's bad nowadays, <laughs> isn't it? Um, and then, yeah, I, I, I sent the email to, to you and Dave. Got blanked for about a year. It was, I was going to say, because it, it was pretty much like a year, but there was just no response. And then all of a sudden, um, I think we had an opening or what usually happens, as you know, uh, uh, having a look behind the curtain now, it's usually that we're running short on guests. And yep. it's like, right, who's on the stamp? Who's on the list? Who we, we kind of, well, not had a chance to pull on yet. And I remember your first show because I was hosting it. And At your old work, the... Yeah, it was on Pedford Business Park. Um, and I remember I, I sent you an email. I think I ballsed up the time on it. Um, and you had to give me a call because I think I said, yeah, get there for like eight o'clock or something. Or it was like, get there for like seven o'clock. And I put four instead by accident. And you, could, I got a phone number, like, got someone calling me. It's like, hi, oh, it's Dan. It's like, who? Dan from um, 
It's like, okay, so I can't quite make it for four because I'm still working. I'd be like, well, so am I. You don't have to be this early. <laughs> and yeah, I, I was going to say, like for, for me, it's, it's been a, it's been an interesting, uh, it's been an interesting ride in terms of that. And it, interestingly, I think in terms of, I wouldn't say quite the impact of it, but you know, from how long have you been doing Fancast? What three years now? Is it? Well, this will be like the fourth season. Or, I'm, I'm pr- I've pretty much come in since since Nuno came in. I think my first podcast was after we'd beat Derby away under Nuna, where they pretty much just demolished Derby away and everyone knew that we had a special mm. team. Yeah. So, I mean, like, as as Wolves have got bigger and better and the fan cast has got bigger and better, there seems to be, like, a um, common denominator behind all that, where I've just turned up out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, you are, uh, I think, as you'll probably no doubt now change your Twitter handle to be, you, you know, you are the spark that has, you know, lit an entire generation of, um, you know, Wolves and Wolves content. It's, it's pretty much that, Rich. I don't want to. I don't want to deny. It. I don't want to put words in your mouth. You've said it for me. <laughs> I was say like I feel like I feel like I'm about twenty minutes away from you sending me a graphic of just like a photo of you and just that quote with Richard Hobbs underneath it. Um, you know, for yourself, uh, I guess over like the last call it ten years. To be fair. Not not necessarily content, but how have you kind of seen life as a wall sun change? For, uh, you know, I guess on a broader scale, you know, especially with the impact of social media and content and things like that. Have you sort of seen any sort of differences over sort of the last ten years? I think we've we've all noticed that over the last twelve months, being in lockdown now, we don't have the opportunity to go to a pub and that you know have these debates. But is there any sort of anything you've picked up on over the years? I just think technology as a whole, I think we had we had probably the best generation, Rich, looking back where we we had the good childhood before everyone was affected by the internet. So mm-hmm. you, you, you'd, you'd have to, like, come lucky on finding, like, bands and brands and stuff back in, like, the early 90s, whereas everything's that you touch your fingers now, isn't it? Yeah, and like I mean, to be fair, even little things like say, me and you, very similar in terms of how obsessed we were with football, and you know, this is probably sort of very, uh, say, golden age fallacy. But I used to go out with my mates, play football. You know, it's cliche. I'd play from like in some holidays from, you know, eight in the morning to late at night. Yeah, and I don't know if that stuff happens anymore. I'd be fascinated to know if it does. Yeah, um, you know, I, I drive past like sort of parks on the on the occasion driving home from work and whatnot, and you might see like the occasional like young football team training, but you don't really see groups of mates just playing Wembley or whatever. Whatever might be might be headers and volleys to some. It was Wembley to me or Premier. There's so many games we used Premier. to play. Mm. Premier was the one to me where. It was sort of, so might have been three of your outfield. You all had to pick like a Premier League team. Okay. And the, if you scored, you went to the goalkeeper who knew the three teams and you picked one of those teams. And if you picked that team who one of the other two had, they were out. And it was basically who scored and got the others out. That seems so unnecessarily complicated. But I guarantee for your mates, it was perfect. Yeah, because you could, you could have like you know, I don't know, ten goals and people would might have still been in, but then like if the first person was out on the first go, you could be down to two, and you've got like seventeen teams still to go through. <laughs> it could go on forever. It could be really short. Sixty seconds was a, another big game for me as a kid. So uh, this is what I was going to ask. So sixty seconds was the same as headers and volleys for me. Yeah, right. You had to score with a header, header and volley. Within sixty seconds, but every time he scored, dropped by ten seconds. Right. So the, again, with the lots of interesting things I want to dive deep into here. So headers and volley sixty seconds. How we want to brand it? You went down to one in fifty, one in forty, one in thirty. I know people who did, you know, one goal in sixty, then two goals in sixty, then three, yeah. then. 
and it, work it, it that it way. Went six, it went 60 down to 10, and then once you did 10, it, then it went back to 2 in 60. Oh, okay. That, that's in depth, that is. But right. usually, we had, we didn't really have the, um, I don't really want to be rude, the terrible fat kid in goal in our yeah. group of mates. It was usually a, at least a keeper who was tolerant enough to that. It never really got to two goals in 60. It's hard. It's We always used to find it hard to get what, you know, that one in 10, usually because the goalie would just like, he, he started bricking it and would just punt the ball as far away as he could. Yeah. You, you had to as a goalkeeper when he got to that 10 seconds because if you had some like, Dirty players outside that get the ball by the six yard box, and it would just be a quick flick up and volley at the goalkeeper from, from yards out. Yeah, you got got to be careful on that. And I, we could talk about the stupid, um, you know, I, I guess not quite playground games, but that that sort of style of mini football game. You know, things like crossbar challenge. Other people like debate things on crossbar challenge about where you should have it and stuff like that, and. You know, for me, like, like we we basically played football at a relatively similar level, i.e., Sunday league. And, yeah, I was wondering where know, you were going with that. Then, in regards to, it wasn't really a level that we, we we had to pay to play. Yeah, I I pay, I play I, you know, I paid subs to, uh, you know, to play football. <laughs> but you know, it, when you include like stuff like that from supporting walls as well, you know, you had it where you know we train on Saturday morning and then you, I, I, three hours later I'd be watching the Wolves game with them I'd see them the next day while we're warming up we'd talk about the game and then we'd play it and you know that that's how you sort of forge these friendships for me so before we wrap up um, I, I guess sort of the last kind of question I like to end on is sort of what does being a Wolves fan mean to you? It's, it's, it's tough to simplify isn't it I think we briefly touched on it earlier in regards to people who don't like football. It's it's the raw emotion of what it brings and the people that it brings together. We've had, we've had this discussion before, Rich. I don't know. Um, there's people within the fan cast. Would we have ever crossed paths without Wolves? <laughs> yeah. No, was things uh, like that. My, my relationship with my father. If I mm-hmm. If we didn't like football, I don't know what the hell we would talk about. My dad's very, very old-fashioned, strong, hard-working class. He won't cry or hug me any other time, apart from if it's a water-laid moment, whether, like we said, with my mom at the game, or it's a last-minute winner. There'll be there'll be no sort of emotion, but that's what football's about for me, the raw emotion, raw emotion of bringing people together. No, one thousand percent, and you know I'll end it on the fan cast because I always say this about me and Stu that we are the polar opposites of. Like, yeah, Stu's the not... polar opposites to a lot of people, Rich, but like you and Stu's how... in like another world apart from that. <laughs> yeah, but we we bond over football and so many other weird little things. But if you put yeah. us down on paper, you go, how the fuck are these two mates? Yeah. And, you know, I think that's a joy of being part of the fan cast, but also being a football fan in general, because, you know, there's definitely more that unites us than divides us. And I think, you know, Wolves as a club and supporting Wolves definitely does that for me. I think it's like the universal language of football, Rich, that you could go to sort of any point on the globe and there'll be someone you can talk football about even if you can't even string a sentence together i know we went on a a lads holiday about 10 12 years ago and um we were only talking with these girls there was no underhandedness but they were from austria and my only my only point of conversation was with them was just shouting stefan meyer offer at them (laughs) in an arnold schwarzenegger accent just stefan meyer half a just all, that's all I said to him. <laughs> While my mates tried to pull him, I was just shouting Stefan Meyer off for him. I mean, it's, it, that's football. It's a universal language. They knew who he was as well. Well, that's it. If they knew who he was, then it, 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 it opens doors, it opens doors. Um, 
I think that is the perfect place to end this episode of Stories from the Pack uh, before we go into any more of Dan's lads' trips abroad speaking to girls. So thank you very much for joining us, Dan, on today's episode. It's been great to hear about your journey being a wolf, Sam. Yeah, it's been great, Rich. Um, said, love wolves, love the fan cast, love everything they've brought me in life, even though at the moment it's a pain in the arse with social media. <laughs> but we take it a day at a time and yeah, thanks for continuing to support us, all the viewers out there. And yeah, stick with yeah. us and we'll stick by you. And the, the salty tears only, you know, motivate us further. Correct. But, yeah, exactly. So, but hey, we, we know what we're doing at the Fancast sort of. And, you know, hopefully we've got some, you know, interesting new and fun developments going in the Pipeworks as well. So, yeah, we get our aches and pains for doing this but we also love it and uh, i wouldn't change it for anything anyway but thank you very much for joining us uh big thanks to our sponsors pixel yeti media um for any of your marketing needs make sure you go check them out pixelyetimedia.com uh make sure if you've not liked shared and subscribed to our youtube channel if you're watching this on youtube just go ahead and do it now just click i think i'm doing it in the right direction that way there we go perfect it's um, free what are you waiting for like comment and subscribe just subscribe you don't have to like it just subscribe it's free yeah i mean we'll, we'll take sort of two out of we'll take well, i was gonna say two out of three subscribe first then do the others that's the perfect way for me call to do me it. a dickhead in the comments if you like just like and comments and then subscribe yeah, yeah we'll, we'll cope we, we really will um and also make sure you follow us on all our social media accounts we are now at wolves fancast on twitter facebook instagram and tiktok i'm now pausing we're, on, we're that on there we've decided we're on there but whether we continue with it's another story because like you said rich we're in our 30s now i mean have you touched 30 yet i think you have have you no i'm, I'm i've still got 18 months to go yeah you've got 18 months but you're a bit more mature than the actual 34 <laughs> year olds in the group so you haven't touched it but you're 34 at half so yeah tiktok might not be for us no we'll uh we'll, we'll see but definitely at wolves thank us and all the other ones now for your lols and trolls so we'll catch our lovely listeners lovely followers very soon see you next time This is what renting furniture with Feather looks like. Pieces that fit your style and your space and cost less than your monthly phone bill. Oh, and did we mention delivery and assembly included? Feather. Start renting at livefeather.com. This is what renting furniture with Feather looks like. Pieces that fit your style and your space and cost less than your monthly phone bill. Oh, and did we mention delivery and assembly included? Feather. Start renting at livefeather.com.